pray eternal God we thank you for this morning your heavenly father thank you for your wondrous love we want to learn now at your feet before the day breaks please bless us with your holy spirit as you have promised and you are willing to do so let him come in double portion upon each and every one of us and upon all who are listening that in your name we shall go forth today let your words be unto us food in due season. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our high calling, September 25. The beauty of Christ-likeness. Showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Saviour in all things. Titus chapter 2 verse 10 Everyone who names the name of Christ is to adorn the doctrine of Christ our Saviour by a well-ordered life and a godly conversation, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Possessing this, you will have favour both with God and with men. Words spoken hastily wound and bruise souls, and the deepest wound is made upon the soul of the speaker. Christ's gift, the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, is authoritatively declared by him who can make no mistake to be of great price. We must each find out its worth for ourselves by seeking it from God. However men may estimate us, if we wear this ornament, we bear the sign of our discipleship with Christ. We are esteemed by the Most High, for the ornament we wear is in His sight of great price. This precious gem is to be sought for. To every soul, things will come to provoke, to stir up anger, and if you are not under the full control of God, you will be provoked when these things come. But the meekness of Christ calms the ruffled spirit, controls the tongue, and brings the whole being into subjection to God. Thus we learn how to bear with the censure of others. We shall be misjudged. But the precious ornament of a meek and quiet spirit teaches us how to bear, how to have pity for those who utter hasty, unadvised words. Any unpleasant spirit displayed is sure to arouse the demon of passion in unguarded hearts. Unholy anger need not to be strengthened but bridled. It is a spark which will set on fire untamed nature. Avoid speaking words which will stir up strife, rather suffer wrong than do wrong. God requires every one of his followers, as far as is possible, to live peaceably with all men. We must be Christ-like. Let us strive to make our lives what Christ designs them to be, full of the fragrance of love to God and our fellow men, full of Christ's own divine spirit, full of holy aspirations toward God, rich in the beauty of Christ-likeness. Amen.
this devotion reminds me of some things that we studied before in the devotions in August. There is one there titled, How to Deal with Anger. Let me just read something from it. That's our high calling, page 235, paragraph 5, says, When you feel angry, when you feel an angry spirit arising, take firm hold of Jesus Christ by faith. Utter no word. Danger lies in the utterance of a single word when you are angry, for a volley of passionate utterances will follow. The man who gives way to folly in speaking passionate words bears false witness, for he is never just. He exaggerates every defect he thinks he sees. He is too blind and unreasonable to be convinced of his madness. He transgresses the commandments of God and his imagination is perverted by the inspiration of Satan. He knows not what he is doing. Blind and deaf, he permits Satan to take the helm and guide him wherever he pleases. The door is then thrown open to malice, to envy, and to evil surmisings, and the poor victim is borne helplessly on. But there is hope while the hours of probation linger, through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why that's why we are admonished that when we feel angry, we should take firm hold of Jesus Christ by faith, because once we utter a word, all these other evil follows. Exaggeration of the diff- of what made us angry. We are blind and unreasonable to our own madness, and uh, we can't see that Satan is the one controlling us. Second Peter three verse fourteen says, "Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless." So, this impatient behavior is is spot. Let us, must, let us wrestle for the mastery over every sin and be able to check every impatient, fretful expression. That is the standard that we are given. So it's, it's uh, important that we take note of this. Another one that we read in August, that was in our High Calling, page 237, paragraph 2. That one was titled, The System of Trust Politeness. There we said, we read something that says, We must learn to place the best possible construction upon doubtful conduct of others. If we are ever suspecting evil, we are in danger of creating what we allow ourselves to suspect. And it says, We cannot pass along without sometimes having our feelings hurt and our temper tried. But as Christians, we must be just as patient, forbearing, humble, and meek as we desire others to be. Oh, how many thousand good acts and deeds of kindness that we receive pass from the mind like dew before the sun, while imaginary or real injury leaves an impression which it is in ne- it is next to impossible to efface. So, a solution to manifesting or expressing our anger is focus is to focus on the good deeds of others i'll read something else still in this place 237 paragraph 3 the neglect to cultivate tender consideration and forbearance for one another has caused dissension distrust fault finding and general disunion and it says now god calls upon us to put away this great sin and to strive to answer the prayer of christ that his disciples may be as one may be one as he is one the father so it says we are to focus on the good deeds of others 
if we do that we would find our anger and our the things the, the the things that we find in others that make us feel censured or angry they will disappear they will disappear i think we've learned that before find good things to praise in others because you may exaggerate the small evil that you saw that is making you angry and uh, the truth is that people have good things about them it depends on what you choose to focus on we are not to make the life of a person uh, to be focused on just one evil that the person did but try as much as possible to focus on the good so it will help us to control our anger because bef- the more we put before us that thing that is making us angry the more we are liable to manifest our anger by passionate words passionate feelings or by dissension so may God help us to do that in Jesus name this uh, reminds me of um, a quote in the Bible Matthew 18 verse 3 and 4 verily I say unto you except ye be converted and be as little children you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We need that humility of a child to um, to be great in God's sight. And remember where Paul said that we are in 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 malice. Let us be children, but in understanding, let us be men. But let me go on. In a review on Herald, General eighteenth, eighteen eighty one. It says, the most precious fruit of sanctification is the grace of meekness. I repeat that line. The most precious fruit of sanctification is the grace of meekness. When this grace presides in the soul, the disposition is molded by its influence. There is a continuous waiting upon God and a submission of the will to his this is the action of little children now the understanding grasps every divine truth and the will bows to every divine precept without doubting or murmuring true meekness softens and subdues the heart and gives the mind a fitness for the engrafted word it brings the thoughts into obedience to christ you know that point that portion of scripture that says uh, casting down every imagination and bringing it, and bringing to subjection or to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, it says it is meekness that brings the thoughts into obedience to Jesus Christ. Meekness opens the heart to the Word of God, as Lydia was opened. It places us with Mary as learners at the feet of Jesus. The meek will He guide in judgment, and the meek will He teach His way. The next two paragraphs after that says meekness in the school of Christ is the one of the marked is one of the marked fruits of the spirit. It is a grace wrought by the Holy Spirit as a sanctifier and enables its possessor to control a rash and impetuous temper. When the grace of meekness is cherished by those who are naturally sour or hasty in disposition, they will put forth the most earnest efforts to subdue their unhappy temper. Every day they will gain self-control until that which is unlovely and unlike Jesus is conquered. They become assimilated to the divine pattern until they can obey the inspired injunction. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. 
When a man professes to be un- to be sanctified and yet in words and works may be represented by the impure fountain sending forth its bitter waters, we may say, and we safely say that man is deceived. He needs to learn the very alphabet of what constitutes the life of a Christian. Some who profess to be servants of Christ have so long cherished the demon of unkindness that they seem to love the unhallowed element and to take pleasure in speaking words that displease and irritate. These men must be converted before Christ will acknowledge them as his children. I will stop there. The point in reading this thing is that if we want to overcome, you know, the, uh, uh, if we want to overcome this thing about anger or speaking unkind words, as the devotion wants us to learn this morning, that we may have this kind of character that needs to stand the test. If we want to possess these characteristics, I am saying that the the very first thing we should seek for is the grace of meekness. Meekness is that grace that will help the individual to acquire every other grace. Why? It will make the person to subject himself to God. You know, sometimes when one is angry, we want to defend the anger, not because uh, we are not really angry, but we are saying, this person is the person that caused me to be angry now. You look at what he did. Are you not seeing what he did? Why are you not talking about what he did? You are talking about why I'm getting angry. Is that, is that just? Is that, you know, you are just defending the anger. But in the, in the bow of God, you have just spoiled the whole thing. We are told in the reading that, that, um, that words spoken hastily wound and bruise souls. And the deepest wound is made upon the soul of the speaker, including uh, the anger itself. The anger cherished by the individual will work upon the person who is harboring the anger more than the person upon whom it is bestowed. We are told even health-wise that if we get angry, the immune system is shut down for some uh, hours or so before it will come up again. And at that moment, you are just, it's your body you are killing. You have broken the commandment that said that shall not kill. So we need to learn meekness. Meekness is the is that place where we yield to God's will more than our own selves. So that even when we are wrong, like the, like the reading says, suffer wrong instead of doing wrong. Igbos say to 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 give i'm trying to interpret it in english to 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 pollute the air because of somebody polluted the air if you are in doing that you might bring out feces from your anus because you did it intentionally so it is not it is something that we need to fight against in our life because sometimes we may feel wounded we may feel justly wounded which god also knows that we were justly wounded but his his remedy is meekness come to me and receive the healing instead of trying to get the healing yourself by by attacking the individual or by telling the individual this is what pouring a, pouring for the torrent of words it's only meekness that can achieve it because meekness will submit to god's will even when it is in the greatest provocation when moses was doing that he was called the meekest man on earth that no matter how the israelites were doing to him he was supposed to have been angry but he did not but the time when he let go of his temper, though it was the children of Israel that caused it, that caused him to let go of his temper, yet he was punished for it. God did not excuse him for that. Neither will he excuse us today. If even though we are justly angry, we do such kind of a thing. So I, I, I am praying that the Lord will give both me, the speaker, and every other person, the grace of meekness because it is the most precious fruit. 
most precious grace that can come. It is a grace that was possessed by our Lord Jesus, which he says we should learn of him. A grace that submits to God's will, even under the greatest provocation. He will not because of anything and bow to the feelings or bow to the emotions. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Paragraph 4 of our reading today says, To every soul things will come to provoke. And if you're not under the full control of God, you'll be provoked when these things come. We shall be misjudged. But the precious ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit teaches us how to bear. We are also told in the book of Matthew chapter 10, Jesus speaking to his disciples says, verse 21, speaking of the offense, he says, And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Verse 24. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his lord. If they shall they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of the household? Here Jesus is bringing before us what the reading is saying. We shall be provoked, we shall be angered. We are supposed to expect this every day we should almost like expect it out of every interaction we are having with one or the other though this should not be among christians but god is trying to explain to us we shall be offended now jesus is telling us how we should respond the same way our master has responded he did not allow these things to to cause him to be offended and he said, Blessed is he that is not offended. I want to express that Jesus is allowing these experiences to come to us so that we can reflect his own character, his own attitude. It's almost like we're in a mission. We have our opinions. I remember Jesus saying that he has so many things to say, but he will only say that which the Father has commanded him to say. So the meekness we are told here is of humbling ourselves to follow God's counsel. God wants us to respond to these things the way he himself has responded so that glory will return to him. It's almost like a self-denying experience. You have what you want to say. You have your points. You have your cases even on your side. And everything is there. And then the spirit of anger wants to spark up. I think it's an act of humility us to follow Jesus' example. So that's just what I want to bring up here. We need to know that in all these provocations, we are evangelists, we are missionaries. God wants us to respond his own way. May God help us to this end. Amen. Okay. Words spoken hastily wound and bruise souls.
and the deepest wound is made upon the soul of the speaker now we go to James it was in James chapter 3 verse 3 when he said for in many things we offend all if any man offend not in word the same is a perfect man what and able also to bridle the whole body behold we put bits in the horses mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body behold we also the sheep which do they be so great and are driven of fierce winds yet are they turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listed even so the tongue is a little member and boasted great things behold how great a matter a little fire kindled and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and set it on fire the cause of nature and it is set on fire of hell for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and had been tamed of mankind but the tongue can no man tame it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison David bless we God even the father and David cause we men which are made after the similitude of God no wonder the reading says that when we when we use this words rashly it will poison even our own self our own souls and because talking about Abraham he say whoever blesses you shall be blessed and whoever curses you shall be cursed It's like the words we speak will boom around back to upon us though the fountain set forth at the same place sweet and bitter can the fig tree my brethren bear olive berries either a vine figs so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh so who is a wise man and endured with knowledge among you let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom we know how the words we speak today how it has caused so many problems even in the world we live today and jesus is giving us a solution in isaiah he said oh had thou hearkened unto my commandment then thy peace would have been like a river and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea that's a prescription for divine peace which the world is lacking today and in in Isaiah 58 when he was teaching us how to bridle our tongue and says speaking thy own words 58 verse 13 because in that day we had learned to keep to his word speak his own words we've been learning that every sabbath and every sabbath we will learn not to be speaking hastily even on other days we will learn how to bridle our tongue but because we've not been obedient 
to that commandment even on the sabbath we speak talk all kinds of things and then we we don't even know the lines again in our brains can our brains cannot even record that there is um there is there are words that are not supposed to be spoken that day which are not his kind of words but we speak even our own words and our businesses and there is no regard for the day and so that had transpired even onto other days and in every aspect of the christian life so it is my prayer that we go back to these commandments and see and learn how to bridle our tongue amen as we read through these things you can say indeed that this is a high calling when you review when i review my own life i think any other person can do the same i as in, in not even just too much to the past yeah, even in the past and recently you have to be careful and see that maybe there are times when the tongue though maybe not in anger but may have uttered things that are not right although today's own is today's devotion is focused on harsh words and the rest but there beyond harsh words we have other comments that maybe one is not supposed to make sarcasm jesting and joking those are not also convenient apart from harsh words maybe some other day we'll talk about that for the reading we just got now in the book of james is beyond anger it's beyond passion it's in gossip it's in sarcasm it's in joking so i just want to take us to take note of that but we have already seen some solutions solutions one of which is that we should have uh, a mind that looks at the good in others we should have a mind that an eyes that is careful to see good things in people to praise because if we focus on the bad things in others it can it will stir up anger so we should turn our minds away from those things that can cause anger and focus on the good things in other people's life then another thing we should do is pray at that time do not say a, th- a word hold yourself do not say a word at that time then we talked about meekness which I just want to add something on. The Bible says that pride cometh before contention. That is, without pride, there won't be contention. So we find out that the real problem is pride. The anger that manifests itself in words and manifests itself in a bitterness of spirit and, a, and cursing is out of pride. Does it mean to get angry is wrong? No. The Bible says be angry and sin not. That's in Ephesians 4 and verse 29, I think. And do not let the sun go down in your wrath. That is in your anger. Let it pass quickly. Therefore, it means that the problem with it is when the anger is motivated by self, when self feels hot. The anger Jesus had towards the people of Israel or the Jews when they were selling and buying in the temple was not necessarily because he was hot because they said something to him that made him angry no even Lot the Bible says that he's in the book of 2nd Peter I think reading from verses 7 8 9 chapter 2 verse 7 8 9 it talks about how his righteous soul was vexed because of the ungodly deeds in Sodom and Gomorrah 
Now, he was not vexed, neither was Jesus vexed because of something they said to him or something they did to him. He was vexed because of the iniquity that was happening in their environment. But what did the Lord do? It didn't lead him to kill anybody. It didn't lead him to fight anybody. It didn't lead him to speak evil or gossip anyone. Rather, what did he lead them to do to make some correction? Now, there is a correction that is made in anger because of self. And there is a correction that is made because you love the other person and want to help the person. That is the difference. One can get, can understand and don't feel offended, personally offended by what someone does. Because many times, if we don't feel personally offended, we don't make corrections, which is also wrong. People only make corrections or, or voice out their ill feelings because they feel personally hurt. And then you are wondering, okay, how then? If I'm not feeling personally hurt, I won't say anything too. We should be able to look at people's soul and care for them. What do I mean? Somebody may say something that is wrong. Now, I am under obligation of God not to get angry or speak in a, t- in a, in a manner that is hasty or impatient words or offensive words to that person. But yet, I should still be careful enough to try and assist that person, especially when you are in a relationship between parents and children, adults and younger people. A younger person may say something or do something that can really, really be offensive. But now, as an adult, you are asked to not get offended. But yet, you cannot leave that person the way he or she is as a parent, the child. You have to do something. So what what we are being admonished to do today is, do not correct because you feel offended, personally offended that this child said this to you or this person did that to you. Rather, do it because you care for the person's soul because you can see that if this person continues in this direction, it is not going to be helpful to the person. There are two different motives. And we must be careful that our motive is not self-motivated. It's not from self that I I self-felt hot. This person just got me offended. He just insulted me. And that's why I'm coming to tell you this or that. It must go beyond that. If if you are still in that mindset, you have to let it go first before you say anything. And look beyond yourself, your pride that makes you feel hurt that somebody spoke to you in this way or somebody did this to you or treated you in this manner. You feel disrespected. Do not correct because you feel personally disrespected. Look beyond it that this person, if he continues in this character, is not good for him. God will not admit him into his kingdom no and then again which is secondarily that's the primary reason but in the secondary reason if he keeps behaving this way to other people out there who are not like me who may not be able to bear it like i can what will be his lot what will happen to him then out of that mindset now you correct not out of the mindset of did you just speak to me this way and then you feel personally hurt so we shouldn't neglect others now, that's the point. But correct people, not in your anger, not out of your personal pride and offense, but out of love for the person's own future, the person's own eternal destiny. May God help us as we do that in Jesus' name. Our Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the morning. Our Lord, you have, sco- you have spoken to our hearts and to our minds. We are continually vexed. The demons that surround us, they make the atmosphere tense many times. But you have said that it is that it is your providence. 
It is in the school of your providence that we learn meekness and quietness. And we thank you for all these providences. But we ask, Lord, the purpose for which you have permitted them to come may they be achieved in our lives. As we see the defects of our character, Lord, please help us to seek grace and strength from you to overcome them. Lord, many of us have gone astray in this thing in which you have spoken about. You did not want us to blame it on circumstances or on others. You wanted us to see the deception of our hearts. Lord, please forgive every one of us, Lord, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now give us lips, O oh Lord. Give us tongues that are touched by the coals of fire from above. And let our words be pure. Let them be devoid, O oh Lord, of iniquity. That you may be, you may bless the hearers. You may sanctify those who shall be in our, who shall be about us. Help us that the people we are going to meet today, regardless of what happens, that our spirit shall be under subjection to God's will and control. That your name alone shall be exalted in our hearts. Help us that instead of words of evil, we shall sing praises to you. We shall praise you who is at the heart of our countenance. And Lord, Lord, when our brothers and our sisters, when they come up in our minds for what they have done, or when they are suggested by the devil to us to think this or think that, help us to resist firmly, Lord, and say no to the temple. Help us to think good of them. We thank you for hearing, Lord. We thank you for your spirit. Give, it, give him to us in double portions today. And we will go forth. Order our footsteps, Lord, that when we come back and behold you, we shall rejoice that you have helped us overcome today. We thank you for having received all this which we have asked for this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.